The reading today is from 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses to help? Little children, let us love not in word or speech, but in truth and action. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. What is your mission? What is your mission? Today we're continuing a timely series called Uncharted. Recognizing that in this moment, our entire world is in an uncharted season. And before we get into our conversation for today, I wanted to take just a moment and review where we have been. Because in the last two weeks, we learned two important lessons about successfully navigating the uncharted land. Two weeks ago, we learned from the Hebrew children who themselves were in a wilderness. And what we learned was the importance of our memory. You see, the Hebrew children forgot while they were in the wilderness. They forgot that God was leading them from what has been to the promise of what shall be. And they forgot that God was going to provide for them every step of the way. We learn from those who have been in uncharted lands before us. And what we learn from the Hebrew children is we must remember that our God will never let us down. Last week. We watched as the disciples found themselves in uncharted waters, a storm raging all around them, and what they did was important. Together, they cried out to Christ for help. Together, they bore witness to the tremendous power of God, and together, they marveled at what God was able to do. Together. We must remember the faithfulness of our God. And in this time, we must remember that we are together, turning to Christ, watching Christ's tremendous power and marveling at our great God. And today, we're going to learn a third important lesson about the season in the wilderness. That lesson is this. In this uncharted season, it is more important than ever we have clarity about our mission. In our scripture passage today, we saw in 1 John that Jesus Christ knew precisely what his mission was. In 1 John, we read this. Jesus Christ came to lay down his life in love in order to save the world. That was the mission of Jesus. What's your mission? What is your mission? If I were to ask you to take a moment, really think about this, maybe even write it down, I'd be interested to know, could you identify clearly what your mission is in this world? Perhaps some of us would have tremendous clarity. But my guess is that most of us would have trouble clearly articulating what our mission is in life. That leads us squarely into the heart of our conversation today. How do we gain clarity about our mission? Well, in order to understand what our mission is, we have to ask ourselves two questions. Hard questions? Yes. But important ones. The first one is, who am I? Who is it that God 
created me to be? What is it that I value? What is unique to me? And the second is, what am I called to do? What is that wildly important thing that the living God has given breath to my lungs that I might accomplish it? Who am I? What am I called to do? Let's spend a couple of moments talking about this identity question. Who am I? I know there are hundreds of people watching today. Thank you for watching today. I couldn't hope to know everything about you all, but I do know three things about everybody who's tuned in today. If you've been around Ebenezer Church, you've probably heard me say this before. There are three things the Bible tells us. It's true for everyone, everyone, everyone who follows Christ first. The Bible tells us that we are loved and there's nothing we can do about it. Our scripture says, God demonstrates God's love for us in this, that while we were still in the midst of our sin, Christ died for us, which means God doesn't love us just when we're good. God loves us when we're good and God loves us when we're bad. God loves us and there's nothing we can do about it. That's the first truth of who we all are in Christ. Here's the second one. We have a place to belong. Now, I recognize that for some people, that may not feel like such a big deal. There are some people in this world that just kind of fit in. They fit in in their families. They fit in at work. They fit in at school. But for most of us, there's a part of us that wanders throughout the course of our lives. Where do we truly belong? Where do we fit? And thanks be to God, one of the greatest gifts that God ever gave to the world was a place where you and I could belong. It's a forever family. It's called the church. We are loved and there's nothing we can do about it. We have a place to belong in the church of Jesus Christ. And the third thing the scripture tells us about who we are, about our identity, is that we have purpose in this world. Purpose. A reason for being. God has given us more than simply an opportunity to exist for a season. God has called us into the revolutionary work of transforming the world. If I am trying to figure out who I am, I need to start with those three truths. I am loved. I belong. I have purpose. And beyond these shared truths, there's also the tremendous diversity that God has gifted to the world through each one of us. Those things that are special and unique, our passions and our talents. In order to rightly understand our mission, we first have to know who we are. Why? Because who we are helps determine what we do. Let me give you an example of the connection between being and doing. An example from right here at Ebenezer Church. A number of years ago, hundreds of people from our congregation came together and answered a series of questions in different small groups. There are questions about what is it that truly draws you to this congregation? What, what is it that, that inspires you, that's transformational in your life? 
You guys gave us some amazing answers. And we took all that data and we sent it to a social scientist who edited it and, and helped us understand it. He sent it back to us. And, and then a group of 12 people here at Ebenezer Church came together. We prayed a lot. We talked a lot. We studied a lot. But ultimately, we began with one question. Given all the information that these amazing people at Ebenezer Church have given us, who are we at Ebenezer Church? What is our identity? And after a lot of prayer, we came to understand three things about the identity of Ebenezer Church. The first thing we learned about the identity of Ebenezer Church is that we are a people who value genuine relationship. Authentic, real, deep, not superficial, honest relationship with Christ and with one another. That's part of who Ebenezer is. Second thing that we learned was that we are a people of inspired discipleship. Inspired means to breathe into. And so the idea is that following Jesus Christ here at Ebenezer Church, is always a Holy Spirit breathed into experience. The Holy Spirit is driving our relationships with Christ. And the third thing we discovered about Ebenezer Church from what you all told us was that we are people who value transformed communities. In the world of mission and ministry, there are really two kinds of mission you can accomplish. The first is called transactional mission. That's when person A has something person B needs and they give it to them. And transactional mission is very important. Jesus commands us to do it. He says when people are hungry, we should feed them. But there's a second kind of mission that we can accomplish. That second kind of mission is what's called transformational mission. And in transformational mission, what happens is that there's a deep relationship that forms between two groups of people. And instead of one having what the other needs, they both see virtue in the other. They both learn from each other and are blessed by each other. It's harder, it's deeper, and it takes more time. But if you think about Ebenezer's relationship, for example, with the people of Beausier Leone, the Child Rescue Center and Mercy Hospital there, you'll note that, of course, Ebenezer has invested mightily in those ministries. But if you'll remember when my friend Mohammed Nabiu who's alive today because he was rescued by the Child Reintegration Center. Muhammad came here and he shared his story and we were blessed by what he had to say. This is what we learned about the identity of Ebenezer Church. We are people who value genuine relationship and inspired by the Holy Spirit discipleship and truly transformed communities. That was the answer to the first question. Who are we? But then we asked a second question. What is it that we are called to do? That led us to better understanding our mission. Our mission here at Ebenezer Church is to transform lives through Jesus Christ as we connect, heal, and bring hope to the world. To transform lives through Jesus Christ as we connect, heal, and bring hope to the world. Now, what I want us to see, the reason I'm sharing all of this is so that we can see the connection between our values, who we are, and our action, our mission, what we do. To transform lives through Jesus Christ is all about inspired discipleship, church. 
as we connect. Genuine relationship, genuinely connecting people to Christ and to one another, and then heal and bring hope. My brothers and sisters, is language of transformed community. The point is that whether we're an organization or an individual, who we are helps us determine what we are called to do. And one of the single greatest mistakes we could make in the uncharted season is lacking clarity around our personal mission. So how do I understand my mission? I ask two hard questions. Who am I? And what am I called to do? My guess is that this probably feels a bit abstract for you. And so I took time to reflect and pray and think about that this week. What? is my mission. Who am I and what is God calling me to do? Now, I want to name, first of all, this is a pretty intensely personal thing to do, to, to share the kind of the depths of who you are and what you feel God is calling you to do. But part of genuine relationship is being vulnerable with one another. So I wanted to share with you what I came up with when I asked myself the questions, who am I and what am I called to do. And here's what I came up with. That Rob is an omnivert, space-making follower of Jesus Christ who finds joy and purpose in helping others find joy and love. Rob is an omnivert, space-making follower of Jesus who finds joy and purpose helping others find joy and love. What does that mean? What in the world is that talking about? What's an omnivert? Well, I used to think that there were only two options in life. You either were an extrovert or you were an introvert. And what that means is just that basically I get energy from being around people. That's an extrovert. Or I recharge my batteries by being alone. Introvert. But what I discovered about myself is that I'm something that's in a third category. I'm an omnivert. When I think about how I get motivation and how I find energy, omnivert means that there are sometimes I get energy from being around people, and other times I get energy by recharging alone. It's not bad or good. It's just part of who I am. It's part of where I find my motivation. I'm an omnivert space maker. What does that mean? Well, one of the things that I find to be amusing, sometimes painful in my career, but amusing still, is that there have been occasions in the midst of churches I've served where in the course of, say, one week, I'll have a person come to me and say, I feel like you're just too conservative for us. And in that same week, I'll have somebody come and say, Rob, I feel like you're just too liberal for us. I've not always been sure how to respond to that. But as I've reflected more and more about who I am, one of the things I've noted about myself is I I really do strive to understand why people on the right think the way they do and why people on the left think the way they do. And the truth is that neither group of people are foolish. They have different perspectives. 
And my perspective, honestly, my perspective is the kingdom of God will never be complete until there is room for all sides at the table of Jesus Christ. And part of who I am is I am a person who is striving to make space for all people in the kingdom of God. Who am I? I'm an omnivert, space-making follower of Jesus. And I find joy and purpose in helping others find joy and love. What I'm called to do is to help people experience joy and love through Jesus Christ. That's what brings me joy. That's what brings me purpose, is helping others experience joy and know that they are desperately loved by the living God. You'll notice these don't say anything about the roles that I play. These words don't mention that I'm a pastor or a father or a husband, though those are incredibly important extensions of how I live out who I am. It's just that not a single one of those things fully encapsulates who I am. And if I were to look at this statement, who I am and what I'm called to do, I could derive from this a sense of personal mission, which would be this. My mission, as odd as it sounds, is to strive to be authentically Rob, be the omnivert, the space-making follower of Jesus, to be authentically Rob, as I strive to bring the joy and love of Christ to the people around me. That's my mission. What's yours? Who are you? What are you called to do? I want to challenge you to let these two questions percolate. To truly take time and think about them. Why? Because one of the single most detrimental things that we can do in the midst of the wilderness in this uncharted land is to lose sight of our mission. For if we lose sight of our mission, we cease being travelers and we start being wanderers. And there's a precedent for that in the Bible. The Hebrew children wandered for a long, long time in the wilderness in this uncharted season we must have we must have greater clarity than ever about what our mission is therefore we must know who we are and what we are called to do and my brothers and sisters if we look at our scripture passage from today we find two elements of our mission that that must must be present here's the first thing In verse 16, we know love by this. Think about that. What John is telling us, what the Bible is telling us is that the only way we truly know love is because Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. That's how we know what love is. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us 
and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. There are two things in this passage we learn about what a well-articulated faithful mission in our lives is going to look like. First, it's going to be surrounded on all sides by love. And secondly, a faithful mission is going to involve some sacrifice. That's how Jesus Christ taught us to live and to love and to lead sacrificially. What's your mission? Who are you? What are you called to do? Just one final thought today. I mentioned a few weeks back in the introduction to our series that a great example of being in the uncharted territory are the great explorers, Lewis and Clark. Interesting part of their story is that Lewis and Clark prepared for their journey west to the Pacific Ocean. They prepared as if it was going to be a journey along rivers. So they hopped in small boats, canoes, and started heading west. And they traveled west for a while, but eventually they ran into the Rocky Mountains. What this required them to do was to change their methods. Instead of riding on canoes, they had to figure out how to climb the mountains that were in front of them. But what never faltered was their mission. Their mission was to make it to the West Coast. And we live in a season right now where our methods might have to change. How we accomplish our mission may look a little different in this moment, but the mission itself does not change. In this season, we must have clarity. Who are you? What are you called to do? My brothers and sisters, what is your mission? Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, we give you thanks that you accomplished your mission perfectly. You came to this world, you lived an unblemished life. Died the death of a pauper and a sinner. And you conquered death and resurrection. You taught us the importance of accomplishing the mission, even if it costs us dearly. Holy God, we pray for your clarity. Lord, I know there are some people who will watch this sermon. I'm grateful for them, and they'll, they'll go forth and back to their lives. But I want to invite you, God, Holy Spirit, not to allow these two questions to leave our hearts and minds. Who am I and what am I called by God to do? For you have not just given us life. Lord, you've given us a reason to live it. We are people of purpose. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness to us and for using people like us to bring the revolution of Jesus Christ's love to the world. In the name and to the glory of Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen.